Hello, 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 and welcome to the Anti-Racist Enneagram Podcast with Jessica Denise Dixon, where we look at life and healing at the intersections of the Enneagram, anti-racism, and embodiment for personal and collective liberation. Let's go. Not trying to get by. Trying to get by. I'm trying to get free. So before we jump into the episode, there is one thing that I wanted to bring up because I realized that you might not know what privilege is. And so when we talk about privilege, when I'm talking about it, I'm really talking about um, advantage that is unearned, that is based simply on identity. Um, Privilege is something that happens when there's inequity within society, and it is based on who is favored. So there are identities that have favored, um, that are favored within society, and those carry privilege within society. So societal dynamics institutionally um, and interpersonally tend to favor these folks. And it also means, so sometimes it also just means a lack of barriers. So advantage and lack of barriers lead to this whole um this whole world of privilege. So I wanted to make sure that you had an idea about that before you dive into the episode. I hope you enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. So on this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about privilege and resources. So this kind of stemmed from me seeing this quote that was posted on Twitter a few months ago. And the quote was by a man named Michael Hyatt. And the quote is, insufficient resources are never the main challenge in achieving your dreams. And my first thought was, well, that's easy to say when you are wealthy. (laughs) When you are a white male who is going to naturally have access even if you don't have wealth, though he does. I think it just unrealistically and unnecessarily disregards like societal dynamics and lived experiences. There's a reality that some people have the vision, they have the drive, they have will, they're willing to put in the work, they're motivated. And the main thing they lack is resources. Now, I think because a few people like kind of fall through the cracks and make it and they're loud and we, 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 laud them we praise them as the ones who got out but that that doesn't mean that that's a regular thing you know oppression is still systemic yes it happens on an interpersonal level around like what we as individuals can do but there's also systems in place now when i'm talking about the enneagram and when i'm teaching other teachers of the enneagram about How do you um, kind of decolonize your Enneagram work? One of the things I speak about is what does your description look like without privilege? Like what does your description of the Enneagram 7 look like if the type 7 is poor? You know, I kind of make the joke that 7s are the catch flights, not feelings type. Um, 
But when you don't have resources to hop on a flight or be international travelers or go on a trip or whatever, how does a focus on escaping pain and a focus on keeping all of the options that you have open, what does that look like? What does it look like for a poor Enneagram three, the achiever, the successful one, the star? What does that look like if they don't have the same access to upward mobility or to work in a corporation at all? So I think that these are important questions because again, privilege, societal dynamics, our culture is always shaping us. And in the past, it shaped the way that the Enneagram has been taught. There's a reality here. The more privilege you have, the more implicit resources you have. Now, these are things that you have without even recognizing or realizing that those things are resources because they're so natural. It's the way things are. Like some examples. One is like access to skill development, to training opportunities, to education, access to college, access to high quality education, um, things that you can pay for, things that you can fake your way. I, I say, you know, fake it till you make it works really, really well for white men because if they can learn how to be the right body language, the right posturing and the right language, the right things to say, that will impact who they have access to and the networks that they are invited into, which is another resource. One resource is who is around you, right? Who are the people who can get you a job to who can get your, your child a job simply because of who you know, you know, your networks, your social capital, your parents, their friends. I mean, these are things, you know, they say like, Sometimes business is not done in the boardroom, it's done on the golf course. Who has access to golf even? You know, it's like a real thing that a lot of, a lot of work is done in these other places on, with that level of wealth, of finances. That's a resource. Knowing how to play the game. People teaching you how to play the game. <laughs> like it's all part of the things that you might not see as a resource. Another is access to technology. What tends to be true is that if you live in a home, if you live in a place that has more wealth, you tend to have more technology in your home, which tends to put you at an advantage to those who don't have the same technology. Those people are often, unless they're really kind of brilliant at technology, often are catching up. Another is finances or financial backing. And this might include things like inheritances. This might include knowing that you can fall back on your family for money, knowing that if you don't have rent, you can just ask someone for it. Knowing that they'll be able to give you other resources if you fail or you struggle. Like knowing that you actually have that as opposed to people who know that they will be out on the streets if they aren't successful. It's, it's a game changer. It's a different kind of thing. Another resource is time. If you are struggling with your basic needs, do you really think that you're gonna have like time to pursue higher dreams? 
you know, people talk about like, you just have to wake up early. No, you also need to rest. You need to eat. And waking up early is not like some, um, you know, plan that's just always going to be successful. No, not necessarily. If you have to go to a job where you're working really hard and you're waking up early to try to pursue another dream, that's going to lead really quickly to burnout. And so not acknowledging that these are resources doesn't make them any less so. As Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, it's all right to tell a man to lift himself up by his own bootstraps, but it is a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself up by his own bootstraps. Trying to have conversations about individual drive without speaking to structural barriers doesn't work and it's an old paradigm. It's an old paradigm that we are leaving behind because it's time to. Now, I don't judge people for privilege um, because it's unearned. How can I be mad? Like, how can I judge you for it? But I do have some critique that I think is healthy <laughs> for how someone uses their privilege or someone choosing to be unaware of their privilege. And we have to actually be more discerning and wise because when we're listening to people, we want to develop our money mindset or we want to work on our leadership. When we have these people that we're listening to, what does their advice miss when they don't have an intersectional approach around what they're teaching? So the person who said this quote, who was quoted, they're wealthy, they're cisgender, meaning same gender that he was assigned at birth, Christian, middle-aged, heterosexual, married, male. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven forms of privilege in this society. He's also an Enneagram three, which means his orientation to time is future oriented, which along with sevens and eights, fits in with much more ease into a future-oriented, capitalistic, monochronic, low-context culture like the one we live in today. So when we're listening to people that we see as experts, we have to be able to discern where they're located in society so that we're not gaslighted by the advice that they have for us. What do I mean? I mean, their advice might be good for someone who holds the same societal privilege and positioning. But if we don't, their advice might be, you know, a, a ploy or a plot. <laughs> it might be trying to convince us of a reality that we don't actually live because of how different our position is from theirs. So like, it might be, that might be great for, wealthy white dudes who feel like they're struggling or even middle-class white dudes who feel like they're struggling. But advice like this may have nothing to offer black men unless they wanna take on the white patriarchal power structure that colonizes, depletes, and dehumanizes as well. So these are just some things that it's important to think about. Um, privilege, societal dynamics, they're always at play. 
Um, our culture is always at play. Our Enneagram type is always at play and how we embody all of these things, our awareness around them matters. You know, I often find much advice today is trying to help us survive and quote, make it in society rather than providing us with a path to liberation and freedom. So we have to choose that for ourselves. We have to remember that one thing is connected to everything else. That interconnectedness is always present, that it's deep, that it's embodied, even if we are not aware of it. And it's worth actually paying attention to. So I would love for you to head over to my Instagram at the anti-racist Enneagram. I would love for you to let me know your questions and let me know your takeaways. Um, what has arisen in you as you are listening to this? So from love and for liberation, peace out. I'm not trying to get by.